0: A spicy sandwich at lunch today and it's fighting back right now. I'm having a hard time. (laughs) Yeah. I it had grilled jalapenos and it was delicious, but there was one fully loaded jalapeno in there. It was the volcano of jalapenos. It's got me. I'm still uh I'm still paying the price, dude. I'm paying the price. Uh, definitely not the strangest thing that happened this week, no. which was uh, uh, me the eating Sharks a, beating a spicy Washington. jalapeno. It's the Sharks beating Washington. Yeah, that was yeah. the strangest thing that um, happened this week. Yeah.
1: so I mean, obviously the most important thing that happened in Washington on Tuesday.
0: Which was the Sharks winning.
1: That's what I'm saying. Right.
0: The rest we shall ignore. Right.
1: Dude. Right. Dude, um, I got to say, I'm glad we didn't record last Sunday. We've been trying to record on Sunday, but it didn't happen last Sunday because the Sharks were on a three-game skid. None of those games were good. They lost to Arizona and Calgary, two not very good teams. And then they just got absolutely worked by Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh just rolled over them. Uh, The Sharks looked completely outclassed. Yeah, It was a bad throwback to the Stanley Cup Finals. Did not make me feel very secure.
0: I love on the ESPN score sheet... In the Pittsburgh game, it says their top performer was Milker Carlson with no goals and no assists. <laughs> it just kind of sums up, like, who right. do we pick? Uh, uh. Uh, okay. Yeah, he was fine. That day, I was working an event at the Fairmont Hotel, and that's where the Penguins were staying. Yeah. So I was kind of in and around the team that day. Um and you couldn't I,
1: have pulled like a Tanya Harding, hit somebody <laughs> in the leg with a crowbar or something.
0: I, I had heard what time their one of their departures, their bus departures was. And for this event, I was I was in a tuxedo. It was 4.45. I'm like, I'm just I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the back lobby. I'm just gonna like I Hang figured out. there'd be a lot of people there, yeah. you know. Because in the morning at the morning skate, there were a lot of people there trying to get autographs, a lot of penguins fans and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I go walking into the back lobby, and there's the bus, and there's a bunch of Penguins players coming down, and here is a middle-aged man in a tuxedo standing <laughs> there staring at them. And I did it for about five seconds, and then I turned around and walked away, almost like, uh, I don't recognize you guys, walked away. This is it too felt creepy. weird, yeah, and they kind of looked at me like,
1: What's this guy? What
0: is this guy doing? Secret service? You know what I mean? It, it, yeah. just, it, it was funny, but... Um, I didn't rec. There wasn't any of the recognizable faces. You know, I'm sure I had a. I locked eyes with with, Olimata. Yeah, with Brian Rust or something. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) it just was funny that I really expected there to be a lot of people there, right? Um, instead of just some creepy guy in tuxedo, just me. Yeah, (laughs) I'm sure they're talking about it.
1: Connor with you guys?
0: Yeah. <laughs> they probably, they were like, we got to win this game because that guy was creepy in the lobby. <laughs> I
1: know. I don't want to see so, that guy yeah, again. I know. Oh,
0: we can't face that
1: guy. I hope he's not there when we come back.
0: <laughs> Anyways, dude. I mean, the Sharks had a low point last week and have gotten off to a great start to the road trip with a dominating performance in Washington over a team that was feeling very good about themselves mm-hmm. going into that game. And then a strong performance yesterday after the game started poorly right. against a depleted Florida team missing some of their better players. Who are they missing? Well, they're missing Hubbard and and uh, there's somebody else that's out too.
1: Hmm. Anyways, I'll try to find that while you um, talk about the game.
0: The, the sharks got worked in the first period just worked and they gave up the first two goals as everyone knows from watching it and they sort of weathered the storm and they came back and had an incredible goal from Brent Burns Right, you know where it's uh he just burns. I think it's Demers that he uses
1: uh, Jason Demers scores the first two goals of the game. Yeah. I against mean, his old team, yeah, which is pretty funny. And then there's a bit of a really good scoring chance for Florida. And then Burns just torches Demers. Demers actually, he just basically went around him and right. just used his body to shield the puck. And then Demers just kind of didn't have anywhere to go. And Burns just crashes the crease and slams it in and crashes into the goalie. And I was surprised people didn't take more offense to that. I mean, the goal had already gone in. It's not like he crashed into the goalie in order to score. The puck was in the net, but... A lot of times, teams don't take too kindly when you just mash into James Reimer that way.
0: When when a giant Yeti yeah <laughs> explodes into your goalie, right. it's Nick Bugstad, who's the other oh. player that was out. Okay, so you know, I mean, two fairly important young players to their lineup, but the Florida played with a lot of energy. They just couldn't match the Sharks' talent in the end. And Pavelski also with a pretty cool goal. With that was a great goal. You know how he kind of let the the puck float a little bit, circled around it, like you said. And yeah,
1: he sort of like. The puck came on his stick, and instead of trying to over-stick handle it, which is what you see a lot of people do, he just basically pulls his leg around it and lets the puck continue on his trajectory. And he just one t- basically does a little sort of snapshot over Reimer's glove that he completely didn't expect because Pavelski's basically trying to get his body position. He's not technically really handling the puck at that time. And I looked at that goal, and my jaw dropped. I'm like, wow, that's a goal scorer's goal. First touch, great shot. That's Joe Pavelski.
0: Tommy Wingles with the third goal. That was uh, also a great goal. I know. He, right off the face-off. just drove right to the net and buried it. Uh, Wingles still catching a lot of heat from mm-hmm. a lot of folks, a lot of bloggers, a lot of fans. And I just I, I don't see the need to cut bait with Tommy Wingles. Like, I think that that fourth line has been pretty effective. And, you know, in a second, we can talk more about the uh, Kevin LeBanc. Factor now that we know how to say his name correctly, it's LeBanc. It's LeBanc, at least that's how I heard them say it on the broadcast. Okay, and he has drawn in over Matt Nieto over Michael Haley. Big surprise! But although the, <laughs> the Matt Nieto scratch, you know, um, I don't know if anybody can really dispute that right now. You know, uh, LeBanc hasn't scored yet, but he certainly seems to be more creative and more involved than than Matt Nieto. And I think it's only a matter of time before we see LeBanc start contributing more on the stat sheet. It, he just There's something about this kid. He's been successful really at every level. That's true. And uh, I, I, th- I think we're going to be talking about him as an important part of this team
1: at the end of the year, which is exciting, dude. Or to give point-counterpoint to this issue. We we often see rookies come in, they're excited to play on the big club, they put forth a great effort in the first however many games, 5 games, 10 games, 15 games, and then so many young players find it difficult to maintain that level of intensity. Kevin Lebank obviously a, a Canadian junior player, is used to playing a lot of games, but still, I, I've heard so many people talk about how tough that transition can be to the NHL, how intense it is, how fast the game is. And you take your foot off the gas a little bit as a young player. Coaches will not hesitate to send you back down. And I, I want this kid to succeed. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely want him to. And and I think it's a great pickup. Like you said, I, I know we might have got it wrong a few podcasts ago. When he was sixth one year in scoring in his league. And then he was first last year. Right. So, I mean, this kid obviously has a nose for the net. And right now, you know, if there's one thing that you can say about Matt Nieto, God bless him is he gets these scoring chances, and it seems like he's not able to bury the puck. Now, that's definitely not a problem with Kevin LeBanc, right? At least in his previous, you know, in his career history to this point.
0: Certainly. And it, different from Goldobin; like he is more of a lunch pale guy. You know what I mean? I think yeah. that's why he's drawing all these comparisons to Joe Pavelski. So I, I think it, it goes back to more, and we talked about this a little bit at lunch, where this is... This is so early, and it, you know, when the Sharks lost three at home last week, it was deflating, it was disappointing. But you can see the other side of it this week, where yeah, they can go to Washington, another uh, team that's in the conversation to be in the Stanley Cup finals, and just completely wax them. Right, so, right, um, this team, when they finally figure it out together and when all the pieces come together, which I I still, you know, I mean, we don't know where we don't know what injuries are gonna happen. We don't mm-hmm. know where, where Timo Meyer figures into this if he right. does it all this year. Yeah. I mean if you figure, let's just say best case scenario, LeBanc ends up being sort of a Don Scoyish type contributor. And what if Timo Meyer comes up too? Yeah. And supplants a Melker Carlson, who's been kind of lukewarm, yeah, right? Right, and now all of a sudden, like you have this really dynamic mix of young players and veterans. That's how Pittsburgh won the mm-hmm. Stanley Cup. You know, I mean, the, that's exactly the right. The guys who came up at the end of the year, Brian
1: Rust, Brian like Rust, you, like you said.
0: I mean, like that guy killed us. He killed us. He did. Connor
1: Sherry killed us. They killed us. Killed like, us in the last. Killed us in the game last week. Yeah,
0: and and. It can be those surprise players, and I'm I'm hopeful, dude. I'm just saying I'm hopeful that, that maybe just, that even the way the roster is right now is not the way it's going to end the year, and it's not even going to be a trade. It's going to be guys who are coming up that maybe will change the look of this team and make it even more dynamic.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's so nice to have this kind of conversation as opposed to man, I hope Ben Smith doesn't get hurt because right. we don't have anybody and th- outside of him, and
0: thankfully, they've abandoned that approach, which yeah, you know, I think we advocated for it for a long time, you know, where we would say, you know, we need a Dave Boland, we need a mm-hmm. we need to bring in a veteran. Player to fill this role, and they have finally been able to find those right pieces in Joel Ward, Mm -hmm. who's really stabilized that top nine uh, and given you a steady presence. And you know, while Bodker hasn't been good yet, right? You know, with only two points, I don't, I don't watch him and go, "This guy stinks." What's he he doing out there? Yeah, you you don't say that. You don't. You can see that eventually they just haven't found. The right spot for him yet. And I think he's pressing a little bit. They mentioned that last night. That when he finally figures it out... I mean, this is a 50-point player, yeah. right? Yeah, Who's producing two points in 14 games. I mean, he's not going to have, you know, 10 points to finish the year. Right. Right? I mean, right. that's ridiculous. So...
1: um yeah, he's got to get comfortable with the system. He's got to get comfortable with line mates. He's got to get comfortable being in San Jose. It just it takes different amounts of time for different players. Some players come in and they instantly click with the system. I think Bodker's obviously got enough good players around him. It's not like he's the guy that, oh, the future of the Sharks offense is resting on Michael Bodker, right? So no, no, no. That's, that's the nice thing about this situation is we can sort of let him go. Can you imagine if he was in you know, a place that can't score, you know, he's in Toronto or something. And, and everyone's like, Michael Bunker, why didn't you score three goals today? (laughs) Right. You know, I mean, that
0: was what made his decision to come to San Jose, such a smart one for many reasons. You know, he's, he's a complimentary player here. He's not Mm -hmm. being asked to carry the load, you know, he'll be part of the successful equation, you know, and, um, there's a lot to look forward to, and and I think I would have said the same thing even at the end of last week. Although it might have been harder to come out of my mouth. Yeah. But, oh yeah. Um. There's still with the way this team is set up, with its mix of youth and veterans. Like I think that, um, two years ago we never would have thought we'd be in this spot where we're like, well, you know, I look at the division, and I think someone on ESPN wrote a. Uh, article about how the Pacific is so clearly the worst division in hockey. Right. Right. And it's hard to disagree with them about that. Sure. I I do not believe that Edmonton can keep this up. Yeah. I just, I don't believe it. The Rose will come off Mm -hmm. at some point, you know, seeing that Anaheim has, has gone on a run. They're six, two and two in their last 10 is disappointing, but I still find them to be beatable. They're the same team that yeah, choked yeah. last year just with a different coach, basically.
1: So, and Vancouver's already sucking.
0: Yeah, Vancouver, that really lasted a long time. <laughs> they're one I, and nine in their
1: last ten. Yeah,
0: I mean, they went from... <laughs> uh, oops. Yeah, I mean, they're a, a point away from being the worst team in the NHL. So <laughs> uh, there's <laughs> definitely not a strong division. So there's the Sharks have some time to... To sort of figure it out, right? As they dance around a little bit above the 500 mark. Like, I think... If they can catch fire at the right time at the end of the year, once they figure out the right mix, they're going to be just fine. Everybody, everybody, everything's fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't get the feeling that people are panicking though. I feel like people are a little well, bit more calm after you know the Stanley Cup Finals appearance. This, you know, this team is at least to a certain extent—not to the greatest extent—but to a certain extent has proven itself to to be good. And and no one can say that this team really got worse, right?
0: Right. But I I do think it's it's and it's natural for there to be a. Uh, sky is falling reaction at the after Saturday night. I heard a lot of people, you know, starting to grumble a little bit, and it's just, it's, it's not fair it, to based on what this team accomplished last year to, to to pull the rug out from under them because they had three lousy yeah. performances you know cuz they're capable of bouncing back from that so we're so we're so upbeat, dude like wait yeah. this is not the typical tone boy the listeners must be shocked they they must wonder what's happened in the world based on what happened this last week I have you no know idea. dudes on hockey positive podcasts
1: yeah what's what in the it's world it's such is, a different tone it is yeah. it is but uh, you know and the sharks are on the road trip maybe they can get uh, a little bit more uh focused i don't you know it's just it was that pittsburgh game it was a missed opportunity i just i can't uh it's a little hard for me to get away from it it's a little hard for me to just uh accept it and move on because it was such a good opportunity to sort of prove to themselves and the fans that this is a team that they can hang with and and i guess that question was answered that at least right now they can't hang but sharks have plenty of uh difficult teams coming up. They're going to be Tampa Bay, Carolina, St. Louis, and Arizona on the before they come back home the week of Thanksgiving. So hopefully they have a little bit of vengeance against Arizona among others, but you know Tampa Bay they're second in their division behind the you know uh Montreal Canadiens who basically are not losing at all at, <laughs> at this point. Right. The only time they lose is when they put uh um, who did they? Put, who was in net when they lost ten nothing? Al Montoya. Al Montoya. Poor yeah. Al
0: Montoya. Yeah,
1: <laughs> they put Al Montoya in net and lose ten nothing. They leave Al Montoya in the game for all ten goals. That's like, I, I you know if I was there at the time, I would have half expected like Al Montoya to pull a Patrick Watt at that point to get me <laughs> out of here, just walk out. I
0: think he knew his his role. They were not going to subject Carey Price to any of that bad juju. I suppose. Um The interesting thing about Tampa Bay and their situation is, you know, it's been written about, I think, uh, extensively, where you know Ben Bishop's future in Tampa Bay is tenuous at best, and Mm -hmm. uh, but he's still playing more games than uh, than their other goalie Vasilevsky, so. Uh, but Vasilevsky is far outperforming him. So it'll be interesting to see who we right. see tomorrow.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I am concerned that Aaron Dell has only started one game. Yes, I am and very And Martin concerned. Jones has started 13. Um, and, you know, Martin Jones hasn't been great yet. I mean, like, he's been okay. His stats um, maybe are a little misleading because he's there's been a couple of whoopings in there. Mm-hmm. But his nine oh nine save percentage is not what you what you want to see. Yeah.
1: You know, so um I there's no back to backs this week. Um obviously they're on the road for all four. You have to think he's gonna start against Carolina or Arizona, right? At least. One or one, maybe if not both of those games.
0: Well, I you would think so, dude, but yeah, you would think so. I, I would imagine that he would start the Carolina game. But I'm not positive of anything. You know, what I mean, I would have thought he would have drawn in in that Arizona or Calgary game. Right. Maybe the Calgary game. But there was uh no sign of that, dude.
1: Yeah. It's not I this is what I was worried about at the start of the year, right? I think I we I think we both talked about it. I was worried that they're gonna be scared of Dell and they're gonna overplay Jones and maybe they just want Jones to get settled and they want him to feel confident about his game but i don't know if it's really the right move to wait for a goalie to feel confident about his game and then start pulling him out and putting another guy in
0: right well uh, you don't want to you don't want to ride him into the ground
1: that that's right that's what i'm worried about so
0: uh we'll see we'll see we had some questions this week dude we had two
1: questions all right let me go to the emails questions of dudes on hockey of course is which one should we let's go for tom's first okay tom um uh let's see uh brent burns not a slam dunk to stay with the san jose sharks which was a puck daddy article tom says guys it's pretty simple for me brent burns is the second most important piece this team has ever had only to joe thornton unless he wants some ridiculous amount like nine like over nine million dollars per year I'm going to pretty much give him whatever he wants. He provides a skill set few NHL players in history can, and Doug Wilson has to bring him back. Dude, your thoughts?
0: I think there is a 0% chance that Brent Burns leaves.
1: Zero. Well, I mean, given the...
0: There yet, is an, no... yet another
1: tenuous uh, <laughs> reference to the weird events of the week, dude. I don't know if I want to go 0% here.
0: <laughs> well... I just I cannot imagine in any scenario on any planet that Doug Wilson lets his franchise defenseman leave in free agency. I agree. Unless Brent Burns does not want to be here. And right. there is no indication of that. That's true. Based on how he walks shirtless around downtown areas. That was that was Thornton, obviously. Joe Thornton. You know, I mean the Beard brothers, I think they're yeah. both staying. Like right. I mean, I think he loves it here by all accounts. Now, if that's not true and he doesn't want to be here and he wants to be in another part of the country and we don't know that, mm-hmm. we don't know Brent Burns. I I can't imagine that that's the case though, just based on what we understand about how much he enjoys living in this area and being part of this team. So then it falls in Doug Wilson's court, and I just don't see him screwing this up. Right. Like right. it's a no-brainer, Tom, you're right. Like I mean, you can't what message does that send to your fans? I mean, we would be in a forty ers ish territory. Wow! If this happened, it wow. would it it would be disgraceful. Actually, if the Sharks were the ones that messed it up,
1: that's true. I'll get, yes.
0: If Burns wants to leave, you can't control that, right? If he wanted to stay and the Sharks wouldn't pay him, mm-hmm. then then. You've got a disastrous situation on your hands.
1: Right. Right. I I think it will happen. Um, you know, remember when Joe Thornton and Patrick Marleau both had their contracts up, they signed in the springtime. Uh, that seems like a reasonable expectation. I think they, you know, Burns obviously is tearing it up again. So if if uh, Doug Wilson wanted to see if he would slide after his Norris finalist year, he's not going to see that happen. Burns is still uh, you know, torching players all over the ice, and he looks to be in as good of shape or as good of form as he's ever been. So, I think uh, that question's essentially been answered. The question is, how much money do you give him, and how long do you give him for? Nine million dollars per dude. Um, I, I would do it.
0: I mean, I yeah. would do it on a shorter term.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I if he wanted nine, just to say that he's a nine million dollar player. Which I I don't know I mean again we don't know him right it doesn't that
1: what's he gonna do buy more up, he's gonna buy more, more turtles
0: right. I don't think that that's it I would imagine he wants security yeah that he'll want like a five or a six year deal I would think and you know if it was six years. 45 46 million dollars putting him exactly where Dustin Bufflin is I'd put him
1: 6 years 50 million yeah, give I him, mean, give him over 8 I'd give him over 8 in a heartbeat I
0: wouldn't blink at that I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't be upset about it I'm not going to be if they signed him for 9 I wouldn't care you cannot yeah. go backwards at this point mm-hmm. The Sharks have taken that positive step like the step is taken and and it's there to continue to be a successful situation for the next few years based on where the division is. And if you let him leave, you're done. Like it's over. Basically you're done. Like you can't recover from that. So Tom, I refuse to acknowledge it as a reality. Like I think um, people can say what they want. There's no way that Brent Burns is leaving.
1: Right. I agree. And, and, and who knows what's going on behind the scenes with you know burns's representation or, or whatever sure you know who knows I, do, I don't see the fact that a deal hasn't been made necessarily as as a sign that there is some dysfunction
0: no and, and, I, and i think that the two will be handled differently i mean i do think joe thornton will be back and i do not think they will sign him before the expansion draft happens mm-hmm. with a sort of wink wink agreement with joe if joe wants to help the team then he's not gonna take one of those spots.
1: Dude, I heard something about something like Vegas is gonna have priority yes. over free agents. Or That's something? right.
0: They get the opportunity to negotiate with free agents before everybody else. Yeah. So but that don't I don't I don't think if Joe wants to go play in Vegas and play for a loser, yeah, then then you are gonna have that problem anyways. Right. He doesn't wanna do that. Like he's gonna stay. So, if you know he's going to stay and you want to get to protect, you know, and now you don't have to expose Paul Martin and David Schlemko if Joe just waits another two weeks to get his money, I think he's going to do that. Or do you want to make sure that you're paid and then you lose an important part of your team and your team is worse?
1: Yeah. I don't yeah. think
0: that that's what he's about, you know? Yeah. We're not talking about Allen Iverson here. You know? <laughs> like I think that these guys want to win the Stanley Cup. They got so close, yeah. you know. So that's hmm. just my take, dude. Yeah, I could be horribly wrong.
1: I think you're right. I think you know. There's no sign that Burns is not happy with the way things are going. He's he can roam the ice how he wants. I think you know. DeBoer's system allows him to do that. It allows him to step up in the play we've seen guys like brendan dillon driving the net more this year i mean this is a system that definitely cradles his talent mm-hmm. and i don't know why he would want to roll the dice and go to a different system what other systems are there in the nhl right now that would help him more than our current system mm-hmm. yeah i so i don't know if there's a better environment i mean i un- I, you know, maybe there's some sort of hometown thing he's got going on. But again, I, I don't see this as a sign that there's some dysfunction or, or lack of negotiation or what have you. No. All right, dude. We have, uh, we have Paul's question. Listening to the list podcast, we started talking about how, of course, Jumbo scored without even taking a shot. The question is, what is the best goal we can remember Thornton scoring in a Sharks jersey? Not necessarily the biggest goal, but the best. Maybe the prettiest. Maybe the most skilled do you have any memory of any Joe Thornton goals, dude?
0: Dude. I, I even like went and looked up, you like, did tried to look up some highlights and I couldn't find like one that you were like, wow. wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of garbage goals. Yeah. You know, I mean a lot yeah. of in front of the net, a lot of tough goals. He's taking a lot of punishment, a lot more videos of some pretty freakishly awesome passes. Yeah. Um, but no, Paul. I don't have a memory. Do you?
1: I have a memory of a goal. I don't know when it was, but I remember a snipe that he probably he took between the circles. I have a very clear memory of it. Mm-hmm. That was a, and it was one of those goals that he scores at least a couple a year of these, and you go, why does not he shoot more? I mean, because it really was a great shot, quick release, you know, hard shot, right in the corner, perfectly placed, and he looks almost disappointed after he starts <laughs> celebrating. <more. laughs> you know, it was like one of those, but. Honestly, you know, when you think of Joe Thornton goals, you know, I don't know about you, but I think of Joe Thornton scoring the overtime winner against the Kings and then, you know, celebrating by skidding down the ice on his back, right? right. That's a, a really right. f- a famous right. Yeah. moment in yeah. Sharks history. That's that's the one. Um and I don't even remember the circumstances of the goal. I don't even really remember it going in. I just remember
0: the celebration, the celebration,
1: yeah. both from me and you, yeah. and everybody yeah. else, yeah. right? Yeah, that was that's the one that I think is certainly the it's the prettiest. It's the prettiest in my book. Man. Okay, beating the Kings in overtime, no argument here. Always wins. All right, dude. Um, I don't know if there's any specific NHL news that you want to attack, but I think um,
0: well, we've got the uh, announcement of the Las Vegas nickname and colors coming up, dude. Are you excited?
1: No, <laughs> not really. Okay. It seems like modern, you know, maybe this is just me getting old and crotchety and telling kids to get off my lawn, but it seems like new names of sports teams always kind of suck. Is that just me? I am mean, not that you always have to go with like the Tigers or, you know, some, some normal. So like, like where, what
0: are you hoping for, for the Vegas name? You want it to be like Vegas related?
1: Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, like, Vegas is such an iconic town in so many ways. Like the Washington capitals, like it right. makes sense, right? And, and Vegas has so many, I mean, when you think about like, oh, Tampa Bay, it's not like, oh, of course, Tampa Bay means lightning. What? Yeah. yeah I mean, right. you know, so lightning makes sense because it doesn't really, yeah, I mean, there's nothing that people think of when they think of Tampa Bay in terms of the city, but there's so many things people think of in terms of Las Vegas. Why wouldn't you take advantage of some of those feelings? So right?
0: what would an appropriate name be? The gamblers,
1: the degenerates,
0: the degenerates, the escorts.
1: Yes, the escorts, the uh, the guys who hand out uh, porn on the streets of Las Vegas. <laughs> the,
0: uh, yeah, the yeah, the uh, <laughs> what would you call that? How
1: the, the uh, Las Vegas bottle service. The,
0: <laughs> the yeah, the flyer guys.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the, fly- the flyer
0: slappers. <laughs> the those flyers, guys they always
1: slap. Yeah, those guys get your attention.
0: I mean, there's really so many good the, ones. Uh, how about the Las Vegas Madame Trousseau's wax museums?
1: <laughs> but there's those <there's> everywhere. <laughs> Oh. Um, how about the las vegas 299 all you can eat lobster dinner
0: that's good yeah the, <laughs> La- the las vegas 299ers <laughs> uh um how about the las vegas mysteries
1: yeah for cirque du soleil yeah but there's gonna you know that's gonna be timely um but there's are there i mean obviously we're, we're coming up with joke names but there, there are s- probably some good names that you can have out there well that, the
0: rumor is that they're going to be the black knights that's the name that i've heard bandied about
1: which makes no sense like for vegas i mean if it had some sort of medieval history or something or they have the excalibur dude the excalibur hotel i true. Mean, there's a lot t- of history there tie in with the excalibur how could i have <laughs> missed that ah uh, dude uh, yeah i don't know i mean it's obviously it's the owner's call but but still i i, I can't help thinking that you know they're not that you necessarily need to reference like the seedy nature. You know
0: <laughs> the Las Vegas female impersonators. Yeah, the the <laughs>
1: the, the the Las Vegas uh, you know uh, mafia. Right.
0: Some you know something yeah. like
1: that. You know some some reference to the, the CD, Bugsies. Yeah, the Bugsies. Call the
0: Bugsies. That'd be good. Oh, that's good.
1: But I, you know, I'd I'd like to see that, but it doesn't sound like we're gonna get it. We're gonna get something that will sell jerseys in, you know, in Europe or something.
0: How about the Las Vegas Buffalo Bills?
1: <laughs> but that's not even a Las Vegas. <laughs> it's
0: at the border, dude.
1: I know, but that's not Vegas. Oh. That's I don't even know what that is that even is that even a town?
0: I don't know, dude, but we've been.
1: We've been to Buffalo Bills. It's a it's a it's a casino. <laughs> it's definitely a casino. Okay. Uh, well So
0: wait, does this mean that betting no, it won't. I was trying to think of why you can't bet on the NBA at the Palms, or at least you couldn't when the Maloofs owned the Kings. Right. Right. But now there's going to be no restrictions on betting on the NHL in Vegas because maybe it will be at any hotel that's affiliated with the team. I guess so it'd be interesting to see if there's any restrictions on that. Yeah. I don't know.
1: I, you, I thought you couldn't bet on UNLV in Vegas. I don't know. I thought that might be the case. But anyway, we're going to find out firsthand sooner or later.
0: Right. Because a lot of people go to Vegas to bet on hockey.
1: We do. (laughs) I know. We might be one of three. Yeah. We always do though. We're like the it's so funny we're in the we're in the sports book and then somebody scores and then we start cheering or booing or somebody and everybody looks around like what the heck are they cheering? Everybody else
0: is watching college basketball. And
1: we're and we're like we're trying to make out the play on the (laughs) smallest television in the sports book. Right. You know? It's like, Oh look, it's the Panthers versus the Hurricanes and like you and I are glued to it.
0: We usually end up watching some games on Game Center in one of our hotel rooms. It's just that
1: at. That has happened. But
0: that's how we like to spend our Vegas time. Speaking of, dude, it's time for a little trip. It is time. Let's
1: let's go. We'll find a way. Okay. Alright, dude. And 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 Go Sharks.
0: And Go Sharks! Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.